From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan, I heard that you just finished working side hustle for a television show. (laughs) It's true. I did have a little side hustle. I did some television scoring work uh, for a show called The Bite, which is a show about uh, zombies. Is it fast zombies or slow zombies? Uh, there's sort of regular zombies. Regular regular speed zombies. <laughs> okay, regular speed zombies. <laughs> oh, so, wait a second. So you're scoring a television series? That's amazing. Yeah, I. it's not a thing that I've ever done before. You know, I'm a, I'm a songwriter. I write songs sure. with lyrics. And so this is a whole different thing. I have friends that do, have done it for years. And I've, people have always said, oh, you should do this. But it's never felt like a thing I could do. And then somebody asked me to do it. And I said, I can't do it. And I said, yeah, you can. And, and even though... <laughs> I love that. Just, yeah, you can. You're like, okay, yeah, that, uh, all right, that's if it. You say so. Push me over the edge. But you know, that it's, line a very, of reasoning. it's a very scary thing doing something that uh, you don't know how to do. And it's, uh, it's, I'm old now, so I don't get a chance to do that very often. So Yes. Yeah. So where did you start? What was, what was the step one? I did some research. I watched some other scary shows and took notes. You know, you don't always listen to the music of a score you're just watching the show so i had to sit and actually listen and you know you discover there i mean i'm writing music i'm writing melodies there's some some yeah. things that are sort of traditional music writing but then for a scary show you also need some some classic scary sounds right you need a sound that says something bad is about to happen oh yeah 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 so, you, so you, that's you know here's a here's a classic example okay of that, right this is a this is a classic spooky drone right Oh, that is so good. Yeah, that is definitely the next line is, this is not what I ordered. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted a different sandwich. And the low tone is important too, right? Because then it's like how low it is. Low low means scary. Low means scary. (laughs) High can mean scary, but low definitely means... High can mean scary too, but low is definitely serious. Ominous. Okay. All right. Okay, yeah, yeah. What else else did you do? There's another thing you need sometimes, which is like you need kind kind of a hit, kind of a like jumpy... I call it a shung, a shung sound. So here's, here's oh, one right. of those. Oh, yeah. Unexpected. Yeah, right. He's behind like you. Like, yes. But it, and it's never good. It's never like, oh, a parking space. Yeah, it's not he's behind you like he supports you. He's behind you like <laughs> yeah. he's got a He's knife. not going, you can do it. <laughs> Work so hard. You earn this. He's 100% this. behind you. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's good, too. And I as love you, that. As you said, there is a high. High also means scary. I I call this the I call this the scree sound. Okay. I mean, it's <laughs> that extremely is, unsettling. That's the yeah. That one made my stomach turn. That's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so actually, do you have uh, since now you're really good at this stuff? Do you <laughs> do you have a um, a sound that we could play to transition into the beginning yeah. of our show. Why don't we do sort of a spooky, a spooky transition into the beginning of the show? Yes, evoke the right feeling. Okay, here we go. Today's show is so fun, it's scary. 
comedian Beth Stelling is back, and this time with her childhood pal, actor Micah Stock. They'll play a game about their home state of Ohio. Plus, we'll talk to Ryan O'Connell, creator and star of the Netflix series Special. And we're going to kick things off with two awesome comics and podcasters, so let's get to it. Comedians Kenise Mobley and Rohan Padye host the podcast Love About Town. They're here right now. Hello. Hi. Hello. Uh, so, uh, Rohan and Kenise, congratulations on your podcast. Just celebrated five years, Love About Town. Yes. Yeah. Your five years of doing a podcast comes on the end of uh, about a year of not being able to have love about town. Yeah, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, fun fact. I... I, I I, I started a relationship in the pandemic, so like nice. over wow. the over the long distance. But again, yeah, not in person. So, yeah. um, and it's it's very funny because now we're it, we've last couple of weeks, you know, we're both vaccinated, we're able to go out and stuff, and it's just so. I'm just like. When did you buy jeans? Because we've never seen each other in <laughs> we've never seen each other in nice clothes. So I'm like, oh my god, a sundress! Wow, what a whole new <laughs> this opening like you got oh, a whole new girlfriend. Yeah, you're not the you're not the woman uh, with three stains on her sweatshirt that I fell in love with. <laughs> you know, it's like that kind of thing. Yeah. And Kenise, you've been doing a weekly Instagram uh, live where it's called Make Yourself Cry, uh, yes. where you invite um, comedians and friends to help you cry. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. So I am bad at crying, or rather, I don't <laughs> cry that often, and I certainly don't cry often at like movies and TV and pop culture. And now it's increased a little bit. So people come on, they show me things that they cry at and we see if it's going to make me cry. And I feel bad because sometimes people are like, here's a deeply touching story about my dead grandma. And I'm like, so sorry, no tears, okay, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I don't feel what you want me to feel. I'm so sorry. But then someone will play like The Muppets and I will bawl my eyes out. So yeah, yeah that's the show. As uh, as someone who, I mean, like I just cry at any time anyone's nice to anyone i'm like oh the humanity um what in your top four what's what's in the top four that all right okay so i cry yeah. at pride and prejudice from 2005 with kira knightley but only when matthew mcfaden walks across a field that is filled with smoke that's very important none of the other parts of the movie make me cry and then paddington 2 not paddington 1 paddington 2 makes me cry Every single time. Did you time. cry when we saw that? Yes, I cried. You looked over and you and Casey saw me just bawling. I have to say that like that movie, it's a, it's like a children's movie, right? And I went with Kenise to see it and I was like, all right, like whatever. It's going to be a kid's movie. It's fun. <laughs> and it is the most adorable, cutest, like Aww. sweetest thing I have ever seen. Okay. I've never felt that way in a theater before, honestly. Like, I want everything for you. You're so sweet and cute, and you can have all the marmalade. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, yeah. But only the sequel. Yeah, you can skip the first one, but yeah, the second the one, one, that's where can it's you, at. Can you catch up on the plot and everything? You figure out what's going on? I think, yeah. I think you'll get it. Uh, all right, we have a couple games for you. Are you guys ready to play some games? Oh, I'm ready. Yes. All right. Mm -hmm. So this is your first one. In this first one, you're going to take turns answering questions and it's called which came first the rules are in that title mm -hmm. okay here we go <laughs> i'm so excited easy this is easy which came first sliced bread or the electric toaster and i think this means not the concept of slicing bread but the <laughs> idea of 
buying pre-sliced bread. Pre-sliced bread didn't come out until 1928 or so. And I remember that because there's a Charlie Chaplin film where they don't have, like, they all have to go and slice their bread. And their slices are stupid thick. You're like, that doesn't make any sense. You're going to run out of bread (laughs) if you keep slicing it at that thickness. What are you talking about? Um, So it feels like, you said this was an easy question, but I feel like because sliced bread didn't come around until 1928 and people were toasting things before that, that it could be the toaster. But you said it was easy, so I'm going to go with sliced bread. Uh Uh-oh. Don't listen to me. Okay, then it's a toaster. <laughs> yeah, listen to yourself. You know way more than okay. we anticipated. Okay. Can I be honest? Okay. I was so happy that you got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, okay. So according to the information that I, by the way, have in front of my face, okay. not in my head, Kenise, in front of my face, sliced bread, 1928. So you're basically right on with that unbelievable electric toaster, though, 1893. What? Which must have been very annoying to yes. stare at those little slots and be like, all right, here we, here we go, I am this again. You know, forget about bagels. Dang. All right, Rohan, here's what for you. Which came first, okay. the University of Oxford or the Aztec Empire? Okay, I studied abroad at Oxford bragging, and oh. uh, <laughs> uh, that was founded in like the 1100s or something. And, or maybe even before that, 800 or something. And the Aztec Empire is like the 1500s or 1400s. So I'm going to say... Uh, my alma mater, don't look that up, Oxford <laughs> University. <laughs> uh, you guys, I am so impressed. You are correct. <laughs> yeah, you are correct. I have a history degree, which uh, up until now was absolutely useless. So <laughs> now this, you know why. <laughs> we yep. made it happen. <laughs> All right, Kenise, which came first, the first dishwasher or the first radio? All right, this I have less concrete information on. Uh, I know radio... Yeah, they loved it. They were just silly for it. They really enjoyed it. Uh, I want to say they really enjoyed it starting in the tens. But people have had dishes for a long time. I'm going to go with dishwasher. You are correct. Yes. That's right. So earliest radios were developed in the 1890s. The first dishwasher was patented in 1850. And the person we have to thank for the modern-day dishwasher is Josephine Cochran. She was a socialite. She was expected, I put in air quotes, Mm -hmm. to host frequent dinner parties. The dishes would always get chipped. Come on. Uh, So she was like, all right, we're going to develop a machine and then formed a company which is now part of the Whirlpool Corporation. What? Whoa. Yeah. So I want the social network movie about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to have a dishwasher. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> <laughs> I'll take one from the 1880s. I just want yeah, no kidding. to not have to wash dishes anymore. Uh, All right. This cool. is the last one, Rohan. It's for you. Mm-hmm. Which came first, dinosaurs or birds? What? Birds? Uh, uh, what, what came first? All right. Dinosaurs. We all know 2,000 years ago. Dinosaurs. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we all know. Dinosaurs in the 1950s. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm controversial. I'm going to go with birds because dinosaurs are very old, but the fact that you asked about birds, I wouldn't even have considered them a category of things, you know? I was just like, what? All right. Uh, you wouldn't consider birds to be a category of things? No, no. <laughs> I thought you'd be like more specific, like a duckbill platypus. Oh, I not see. A bird, Do you but... not believe in birds? Do you not believe in birds? Are you I've one of those I've never met people? somebody so anti-bird before. I'm a bird truther. They don't exist. I believe in evolution, but yeah. not birds. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say birds. 
Final answer. I'm sorry, is it you were incorrect? It's dinosaurs. No! It is! I knew that! Yes! You knew it. Kanice uh, <laughs> knew that. They yeah. like evolved into birds. That's, That's right. why and you said being anti-bird is bad, but I am anti-bird. I don't like them. They have dumb murder eyes because they used to be dinosaurs. <laughs> All right, you, you both did fantastic and brought more to that game of knowledge, like actual knowledge. <laughs> I know, than so we, impressed. Than we counted on. <laughs> After the break, we'll see if Kenise and Rohan know their fictional detectives and songs by The Who. Plus, comedian best-selling and actor Micah Stock will meet a robot thespian. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Best Fiends. If you find yourself choosing the longest checkout line, that could only mean one thing. You've downloaded Best Fiends, the five-star rated mobile puzzle game, which means where others see a hassle, all you see is a chance to play one more level a few more times. Turn dull moments into pockets of fun. Download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Support for NPR and the following message come from Culturel, who want you to know that an estimated 45 million Americans may have IBS, according to the International Foundation for Gastrointestinal Disorders. Culturel IBS Complete Support is a medical food for the dietary management of IBS. It's designed to relieve symptoms like abdominal pain, bloating, diarrhea, and constipation in a safe, well-tolerated, once-daily dose. Save 20% with promo code RADIO on Culturel.com. What happens after a police officer shoots someone who's unarmed? For decades in California, internal affairs investigations, how the police police themselves, were secret. Until now. Listen to On Our Watch, a podcast from NPR and KQED. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. We're playing games with comedians and the hosts of the podcast, Love About Town, Kenise Mobley and Rohan Padier. Are you ready for another one? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. So, guess what? You get a music game. Jonathan Colton is going to sing you the clues in this game called The Who Done It. Yes, we rewrote songs by The Who to make them about famous fictional mystery solvers. All you have to do is tell me the character that I'm singing about or the TV show or movie that they come from. Uh, and you're going to work together on this game. So there's no okay. uh, no competition except for whatever competition you invent okay. between yourselves. I was like, that's definitely the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. On UPN and Hulu, hit for Kristen Bell. This high school sleuthing lady in Neptune she did dwell Between algebra and English she gathered her intel A weird job for a minor, I worked at Taco Bell I know the show. Okay, I know the song. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, okay. right on. All right. The show it. is, it, it was also made into a movie. Uh -huh. It is Veronica Mars. That is correct. And what is the song? Because I don't know anything about it. The song is Pinball Wizard. Am, am I correct? Yeah, that's yes. right. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Well done. Uh, all right, here's another one. Cabot Cove's a quiet town. Seaside mean, a nice location. Gotta get these killings down. It's a lot for a small population. Retiree with lots of free time. Writing books is her vocation. 
nice old lady who's solving crime. Angela Lansbury is a sensation. Okay, I know the song. <laughs> I know the show. Hey, you guys, you guys are work. truly working together. Yeah, we're working really together. working together. Uh, Angela Lansbury was a fantastic hit. It is Murder She Wrote, which has very bad production values. I rewatched it recently, and I was like, "Wow, oh, yeah. you guys oh, used yeah. to get away with this." The camera's out of focus. It's an old show. I know. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Uh, and the song's "My Generation," right? Yeah, Nothing that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Huh, you guys Woo. are you guys are unstoppable. Again, <laughs> very impressive. My parents used to watch Murder She Wrote when I was like a child, like I was three or four years old, and I remember thinking that was like the peak of adulthood. And I had like I just had no idea what it was about, but I remember my parents being like, "You can't watch this with us. It's Murder She Wrote." And like whatever, and I was like, I was a kid, yeah, and I was like, wow, that's an adult show. I got, yeah. I wish I'm cool enough to watch that. <laughs> you know, like that. Kind of yeah, it was, it was on at 8 p.m. I mean, yeah, that's, you know, right. true. <gasps> All right, here's another one. Thomas was his name. 1980s fame. Hawaiian shirts, a chest so hairy. Detroit Tigers fan And every man Tom Selleck's mustache was legendary <laughs> Okay, I was like, Tom Selleck, I was like, narrowing it down, narrowing it down, narrowing it down <laughs> yeah, And now I know it is Magnum P.I. Magnum yeah, P. Magnum P.I., that's correct And uh, this, this, this is the trickiest one, because everyone thinks this song is called Teenage Wasteland But it's not it's called Baba O'Reilly. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Are you are you <laughs> a Who expert, Ron? I like really? the Who. I like a little yeah. bit of the Who. I don't know a lot of their I don't know a ton of their songs, but I know I like them. Whenever I hear them, I'm like, this is great. Rohan, I'm so happy that you know this because <laughs> truly on the way up to this writer's retreat, we were discussing who the Who is, and there was a lot of talk about uh, Jim Morrison, and we we're like, no, that's wrong. Yeah, that's <laughs> I don't think that's... And then we're like, wait, what's Van Morrison? And so we don't know. <laughs> we truly don't. I don't know. <laughs> Famous brothers, Jim and Van. Jim and Van. Yeah, Morrison. they're, they're yeah. related, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is the last one. Who can stand out in scenes with a blue man? Regina King can. She can't be outdone A life of secrets and lies She's not retired Mask required Dressed up like a nun I know both of these! Yeah! Go ahead. Okay, so the song is Behind Blue Eyes. That's right. And the show is Watchmen. That is correct. Angela yeah. Abar or Sister Knight, yeah. And she was way ahead of her time with that mask. Oh. That <laughs> is... They all were. I know, it's amazing. <laughs> that is now like, yeah, all right, got it. Uh, you did amazing. Yes. <laughs> Comedians Kenise Mobley and Rohan Padier host the podcast Love About Town. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Thank man, you so thanks much for having us. This was so much fun. Our next two guests are friends from Ohio. Micah Stock is a Tony-nominated actor who stars in the Netflix series Bonding and the Disney Plus show The Right Stuff. And he's here with return contestant, comedian Beth Stelling. Her special Girl Daddy is on HBO Max. Micah, Beth, hello, welcome. Hey, thanks for having us. Hello, thank you so much for having us. 
Uh, so you two have known each other. You're both from Ohio, and you've known each other since we were kids. Kids? Oh my! What? Yes. I hope it's okay to say that Beth has just a couple years on me. So there were many years where our where I knew her, but she probably didn't know me. Uh, I knew yeah. her because I because I idolized her and wanted to take her to prom. <laughs> um, Had I only known, I've actually missed now a few opportunities, so our timing has been off. Really, you would have taken when I was in eighth grade and you were a junior. You would have taken me to prom if it weren't illegal. And were you both uh, in, you know, whatever theater or, you know, arts programs that were offered? So we had our own musicals at the school and plays. Mm -hmm. And we had speech and debate, which is really how we connected um, with speech and debate. Because I was an older student in that. And I just, you know... Maybe Speech I was the state champion. I don't know. I was the state champion. She did. I'll do, she was. And I'll say speech and debate was like competitive acting. It was like, you know, acting is very subjective when you go out and do it later. But this was acting that you could win. Right. Yes. So it was, it was extremely, extremely alluring. And Ooh. Beth was like, you know, she was the hero of competitive acting. Um <laughs> I, too, was state champion years later, oh, inspired yeah. wow. by Beth. I still have my plaque. It's in the shape of Ohio. I'm in my parents' house, and I actually yes. think the plaque is right it's there right on that there. shelf. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we have a couple games for you that are perfect. I'm excited. Okay, so this first one, you are going to work together. It's a very classy game about theater. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So here's what we did. We uh, we picked quotes from great theatrical roles, uh, and then we had an emotionless robot read them. Okay. And all you have to do is give us the name of the play that the quote comes from. Also, just to point out, none of these are musicals, okay. traditionally. That's helpful. Yeah. Okay. For me. <laughs> Here's your first clip. Okay. Whoever you are, I have always depended on the kindness of strangers. I mean, okay. Micah's nodding his head. Micah? I uh, I believe that it is Tennessee Williams. Yes. Okay, and I believe the character is Blanche Dubois. Correct. Wow. From a streetcar named Desire. <laughs> that is right. That is right. Also, who did you get to read that? Because they are <laughs> riveting. It's great. It's a great reading. All right. Here's your next one. Some people build fences to keep people out, and other people build fences to keep people in. Rose wants to hold on to you all. She loves you. I mean, Very unsettling. Wow. It does sound. It does sound like my family trying to express affection. <laughs> I guess part of me, like I don't. I'm getting thrown off because the only thing that's coming to mind for me is Glass Menagerie, but it's very clear that I did none of my work in college. It's okay. I will. I will say that the name of this uh, play is in that little bit oh, of dialogue. Oh, Micah, you have to know then. Uh, the play is Fences. Correct. Oh my God! Thank the playwright goodness. is the illustrious August Wilson. Wilson, yeah, 
It's a good thing they didn't make us compete because it's two. You got two. I know. Like, honestly, I was I was scared when uh, when they told us what the game was going to be at first because like, oh, this is really embarrassing. You have two theater majors who right. may not be able to identify these plays. Okay. One that went to a, a real conservatory and one who went to an Ohio school for the theater. That's the difference. And after I, after my first play there, which was Birds by Aristophanes, my mom goes, are you sure this is what you want to be doing? Oh, wow. That's nice. <laughs> when That's really nice, she mom. is like truly the most supportive woman of all time. <laughs> All right, you don't know. There's more questions, but oh, I want you, to could, hear you more. could nab them. You could nab them. Okay, okay here's he, here's your next one. Our home has been nothing but a playroom. I have been your doll wife, just as at home I was father's doll child, and here the children have been my dolls. Beth, you nodded. You nodded at the first. <laughs> okay. Cyber moment of that. But that's only because I was like, oh, a doll's house. By Henrik Gibson. Yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> All right, this is the last clue. Heads. 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 <laughs> um, is it Titus Andronicus? Oh. No, I'm sorry, oh. I'm not. How about if we said, it's not Hamlet, but it's a, uh, it follows a couple other characters from Hamlet. Oh, is it uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead? Yes. By Tom yes. Stopper? Yes. Okay. yes. And they're oh. flipping a coin and it only seems to land one way. Oh, yeah. You know right. what's interesting, by the way? That, pl- that yep. Rosen- if I'm not mistaken, was that not done by duos in speech and debate? Rosencrantz oh, and Guildenstern are dead? for sure. <laughs> it was one of the ones that, it was one of the ones that when someone chose it, you're like, you're not going to win. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Why? Too we'll obvious. hear you out for these next 10 minutes, Yeah, but we're not going to like it. Uh, you both did fantastic. Well done. Thank you. Oh, we're playing games with Micah Stock and Beth Stelling. Are you ready for another one? Yes, we are. I answered yeah. okay. both. <laughs> this is this is great because you're both from Ohio, as we discussed, mm-hmm. and this is a multiple choice quiz that is full with fun facts, fun facts okay. from Ohio. Nothing dark. <laughs> All right, Beth, this first one is for you. What is unique about Ohio's state flag? Is it A, that it's the only flag with the name of the state written on it? Is it B, it's the only state flag that is not shaped like a rectangle? Or is it C, it's the only state flag with a different design on the front and back? I believe it's B, a different shape than a rectangle. Because I think ours sure has is. a couple little points on it. You're right. Yes, it's the double pennant. That's right, a.k.a. swallowtail. That was my idea. <laughs> yeah, that was your idea? You, you, you wanted to mess with flag factories? You wanted to stop production and be yeah. like, no, no, no. I'm like the Betsy Ross of Ohio, basically. <laughs> that she, was the she, other reason I idolized Beth when we were kids. She was Ohio State <laughs> champion in humorous interpretation, and she designed our flag. She designed the flag, yeah. It's amazing. Very precocious youngster. Thank you. All right, Micah, Ohio is the Buckeye State. Which of these unfortunate Buckeye tree facts is not true? Not true. Not true. That is not okay. true. A, right. they smell bad. 
B. They're poisonous. C. Their sap can cause a painful rash. It's either A or C. You know, Ooh. I've never noticed the smell. Have you, Beth? No, I'm with you on or that. Maybe... Like, my instinct was, they don't stink. They're hard. Yeah, I'm going to go with A. I mean, maybe we're just primed to it because we grew up in Ohio, so we just like, it's like you don't smell your own farts. <laughs> you don't smell your own farts or the tree from your home state. That's what they say. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go with A. It's actually C is false. They, they do smell bad. Oh, I, well, they, I, only only when their leaves are crushed. So I maybe it's just you never got close to them because they're poisonous. Why would you crush a poisonous leaf? And smell? <laughs> I should have known it was C because otherwise I would have permanent disfigurement from the amount of times <laughs> I was like rubbing up against a buckeye tree. <laughs> that happens a lot. That's a, a pastime. Yeah. Uh, yeah, buck, the buck rub, right? Buck rub, the annual, <laughs> annual buck rub. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first time I saw Beth. She also won the, the second annual buck rub. <laughs> Beth, in the late 1800s, a saloon owner in Dayton was convinced his employees were stealing from him, which led him to invent what? A, the time card punch clock, B, the cash register, or C, the concept of employees hating their bosses? <laughs> um, C was around long before that. Um, started in the early 1800s. Um, my guess is, because we have this company there that we're known for, my guess is the cash register. Yes, that is correct. What is the, com- what is the company, uh, the NCR. cash register? National oh. Cash Register. Cash Register. <laughs> National Cash although, Register. Although I think they left us. Yeah, they did. They, what they do you mean? Us. They jump ship. Where well, did they go? They, they jump landlocked ship. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as I'm concerned, they went straight to hell. <laughs> All right, Micah. Until the owner's death in 2017, there was a small museum in Williamsfield, Ohio, dedicated to what theory? A... George Washington was not the first president. B, the Wright brothers weren't actually brothers. C, Finland is not a real country. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't a bit. Can I can I phone a friend? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Boop, 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 boop. Hello, Beth. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I was still thinking about my answer when <laughs> I made us look bad and said. <laughs> You can't leave Ohio, it's landlocked when we clearly have a great lake above us. And and honestly, I was like, how am I going to say that without interrupting him? And so my answer is I wasn't listening. But I do think I think it is the, I think it's the George Washington one. But I don't want to be wrong. I know you've been wrong so much. Trust, <laughs> trust the instincts of someone in a shame spiral. That's what I would say. Yeah. They're always thinking clearly. In that case, we will decidedly say, A, a museum devoted to the fact that George Washington was not the first president. You are absolutely correct. Yes. Yes, yes, indeed. Some people believe that a guy named John Hansen was technically our first president. He was president of the Continental Congress, under the Articles of Confederation. Mm. But, you know, it's sort of a semantic argument because, of course, the first person to actually hold the office of president as established by the Constitution is George Washington. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
You did great. You both know your home state well enough. Well. Let's just say well, well enough. <laughs> well enough. <laughs> Micah Stock stars in the Netflix series Bonding. Comedian best-selling special Girl Daddy is on HBO Max. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Our pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, I'll talk to creator and star of the Netflix series special, Ryan O'Connell. And get excited, we'll play a geography quiz that's also about the Real Housewives and the Olsen twins. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Brewer Terrence Sullivan shares how brewing beer is often a science, but to achieve the right flavor profile, it can also be an art. The science is the process of making the actual beer, and and the art form comes from the brewer of literally weaving in different hops. They're just adding some nice little zest to it. To learn more, go to SierraNevada.com. Must be 21 years or older. Please drink responsibly. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. Our next guest is the creator, writer, and star of the show special. The final season was just released on Netflix. Ryan O'Connell, hello. Hello! Happy to be here. <laughs> well, you have a show on Netflix, and it's called Special. It's produced by uh, Big Bang Theory actor Jim Parsons, and it's based on a memoir you wrote called I'm Special and Other Lies We Tell Ourselves. Uh, and in the series, you play a man who has cerebral palsy uh, and was hit by a car and then mm-hmm. used the accident as a way of hiding his disability from his friends and coworkers. So it yeah. is based on your real life. Sort of. The inciting incident is definitely something that happened. I got hit by a car and on to brag, but then, and then I moved to New York and people were like, oh my God, you're limp. It's all from your accident. And it's like, twist. It is. <laughs> um, but like people understand there's a reference point for that. Whereas through a palsy, people are very TBD. It looks different on everybody. You can dress it up. You can dress it down. It goes from mild to wild. So to me, it was just a much more palatable way to move through the world. Um, now, obviously, lying about who you are <laughs> ends up being kind of bad. <laughs> right, it's a lot. Yourself. It's a lot to remember yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just, just a total tangent for a second. So uh, I'm watching, I'm watching your series uh, with my husband. And at one point, your character uh, says, instead of LOL, lol, right? Lol. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And my husband turns to me and goes, What's, what does that mean? And oh, I was like, no. oh, I, kn- I guess I know where we are right now in our lives. Yeah, I mean, you're married to a fossil. Okay, I get it. Um, here's the deal. Talking is so boring. You have to do it all the time that to me, I just have to like mix it up to keep myself amused. Otherwise, I like fall asleep. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, as many different ways, as many different ways. So just going back, your memoir, uh, you know, you you got the attention of a publisher when you were 25 and were offered this book deal uh, from mm-hmm. Simon & Schuster. Can you just talk about what you initially pitched them as to what you wanted to write versus what you end up writing, which is your memoir, I'm Special and Other Lives We Tell Ourselves? 
Yeah. So, I mean, being 25, my brain was a jar of rat poison. So I, no one had any business <laughs> offering me a book deal, but I was like a true scammer. And I just like knew how to like, you know, I was like, I was really seizing the moment. Um, but then when I got the book deal, miraculously, I realized I really like I was going to use this opportunity to write about my cerebral palsy because I had it. I had it like I had been closeted for four years. I, I went to Simon Schuster for a kickoff meeting. I was like, actually, I, I don't want to write the book that I sold you. So sorry about that. Um, but I want to write about my cerebral palsy. And they were really supportive and they loved it. But it made the book process really, really challenging because I I hadn't processed any of my stuff at all. Like I was like really like talking about memories that I had repressed. And so, and I didn't have like the language to describe like internalized ableism or like what it meant to be disabled in this culture. Like I was unpacking it in real time for a book, which like I wouldn't recommend. (laughs) (laughs) Usually you need distance. Um, So yeah, it was a very, it was, it's embarrassing to say, but that book took me like two years to finish. And it's embarrassing to say, because it's 40 pages. So I was averaging like two pages a year. Um, (laughs) But it was too soon. It really was yeah. too soon. I was too young. I had no business writing it. I mean, I'm glad because I think the the show is a more evolved version. And um, that's great. But the book itself is a little cringe to me, TBH. But still buy it because I would love to make royalties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. I hear, you know, I know a lot of people get their great ideas or their creative ideas in the shower. I am prone to enjoying a walk. Uh, you yes. get your best creative ideas on a swing set? Yes, I love the swings. <laughs> it's pre- you know, it's pretty good. I could as soon as I thought about that, I was like, I get it. There's like this sort of meditative the rhythm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a swing head. I've always been a swing head. Um, I I used the hardest part of the pandemic, or one of the hardest parts, was not being able to swing sets for a full year. That was right. devastating. And my park, Plumber Park, which you know, I did some research in LA. Like she sampled the parks all around the city. And to me, it really needs to check a lot of boxes. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of swings, for example, that have like the hard floors and mm-hmm. you just like, so when you hit, when your heels hit, it's like, okay, crash back down to earth. You know what right. I mean? Like harsh, you know what I mean? And then like you have some that don't really move the way they should. They're kind of rigid. They haven't been broken in. So, um, so yeah, I'm at Porn Park a lot, like a psycho. I'm sure the parents are like very TBD on my existence, but like, <laughs> God bless, they can deal with it. Um, I like, like in season two, my character goes on the swings and he ignores children that like want to go on the swing. And that's really ripped from the headlines. Like kids are always like tapping their feet impatiently waiting for me to get off. And I just look away and pretend I don't see them. Um, because I deserve to be there too. Um, <laughs> okay. But wait a second, wait a second. Why not buy a swing set? I do. I have a porch swing. I have like another like seating area that swings. And then I have a, tr- I have a, t- a swing from a tree yeah. in my backyard. Ooh. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You, you need like an industrial moment. Like because the ones that are attached to a, to a tree, they can't go as high as you want. You're yeah. kind of limited by yeah. the tree. Mm-hmm. You know, unless we shot season two in this mansion in Tarzana. Mm-hmm. And they had this amazing tree in the swing set. And I, between shots, I would just go for like an hour and like go nonstop. And that was the first tree swing that I felt not restricted by. But the one I got, the one that I got, I'm telling you, it doesn't do quite the job as the one in Plummer Park. I'm telling you, it just yeah. doesn't. Yeah. You know? uh, okay. This so is want- very, this is very relatable content. 
The, this, this is, is the, uh, I'm sure what I'm you're sure talking the, about. I'm sure the listeners are like scribbling down from our park, you know, I'm yeah, sure yeah. they understand completely. They're Listen, like, I get it. tree swings restricted. But you know what? I'll tell you what our listeners do relate to 100%. The specificity that they like of something to work for them. <laughs> that yes. is what I can yeah. tell you about our listeners. They are That's people great. who are specific about what they I like. I love that. I'm very specific as well, so I understand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Ryan, we, uh, we've cooked up a pretty great game for you. So are you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? Uh, I'm very ready. <laughs> okay. Ask me. Great. Dot, dot, okay. dot, another. <laughs> Ryan, before the show, you told us that there are two subjects in particular that you know a lot about, and those are the Olsen twins and yeah. Bravo's Real Housewives. It's quite an intersection. Yeah. So um, Olsen twins, why? Well, even though it doesn't look like it, they are the same age as me. Uh, and I grew up with them and I have loved their evolution from sort of basic, you know, tween stars, you know, in, in a series of flop sitcoms, you know, so little time, two of a kind. This is a post full house, of course. Um, and then there, there are straights of video releases. And then their pivot into NYU fashionistas, boho chic, to being CFDA nominee, award-winning, whatever, fashion designers. <laughs> I'm right. here for every iteration. I love where they've landed, though, because they are so kooky, so chic, so fragile, so insane. And I could look at paparazzi photos of them forever. Now, would I ever like to talk to them? No. No. It's perfect. Okay, so then Real Housewives, hearing this, I'm like, Real Housewives, minus the uh, following someone through their life, has a lot of the s same things going on with it. Well, the Real Housewives is just like a fascinating study on like a socioeconomic level, on a geography level. Um, I mean, I dig deep. I, I love like going deep on things that are insanely shallow. Um, I, re I remember I, was, I got money to pitch Bravo reality shows to the network. And I just went in, I met with like the head of whatever. <laughs> and like, I just went in deep, like a Sarah Lawrence deep dive. And she was like, so gen confused. She was like, I've never thought of it that way, dot, dot, dot. And I was just like, oh, maybe like the way I take this information in is different than other people. Right. Um, who's to say? Perfect. Perfect. I mean, basically, uh, so this, this, you're going to just waltz through this game way too easily. So uh, the Olsen twins starred in more than a dozen movies ranging from theatrical films to TV movies to direct-to-video releases set in a variety of American cities and international locations. Um, side note, and I think we can agree that they also contain some problematic content that does not hold up to today. I I'm sure they, honey. They held up. They were held up by silly string when they came out. So I, I, I can only, <laughs> totally. I can only imagine how they aged. And of course, the Real Housewives of Orange County debuted in 2006 and spawned more than a dozen other versions set in places like Atlanta, Miami, Dallas, and other countries have their own versions as well, set in cities like Athens, Johannesburg, and exotic Toronto. So we have combined these two things in a game called the Real Olsons of Somewhere. Jonathan and Love I it. will tell you about an Olsen Twins movie and a Real Housewives series that both took place in or around the same location. And you just tell us where both things 
are set. Gorgeous. I love it. Okay, here we go. In the 1998 movie, Billboard Dad, the twins want to help their single dad get back into the dating scene, so they slap his face and his home address on a billboard for all to see. And this Housewife series has an infamous fight during which actor Lisa Rinna smashes a wine glass on the table. Oh, well that's, yeah, that's Beverly Hills. That is correct. Well, that's, yeah, that's Lisa Rinna and Kim Richards. That's when, like, you don't, when, when Kim Richards was intuiting that Harry Hamlin was having an affair that Lisa Rinna didn't want concealed, mm-hmm. or yeah. didn't yeah. want revealed. Yeah, so then she freaked out. And then Billboard Dad, I feel like they lived in Venice for that movie. Is that true or false? Venice uh, Beach. Billboard Dad is technically set in Santa Monica. Oh my God, amazing. Yeah. So Venice, Santa Monica. Great. Yeah, that's right. Great. Uh, I like Billboard Dad. I will admit, I've not seen Billboard Dad, but I feel like it's this is a feel-good movie about doxing your dad. Is that what this is about? <laughs> I mean, honestly, more dads should be doxed. I feel like the Olsen twins were trendsetters, honestly. Okay. Anyways, you yes, correct is what we're saying. Here's your next one. Fantastic. Okay. In this 2014 movie, twin sisters Roxy and Jane go to the big city so Jane can deliver a speech at Columbia University and try to get a fellowship at Oxford University. In this Housewife series, Aviva Drescher yells, The only thing that is artificial or fake about me is this, and slams her prosthetic leg on the table. So we're talking about, for the Olsen twins, New York Minute, obviously, right? That is correct, yeah. Yes. Um, God, I love all their, like, academics. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. truly, <laughs> LOL. Um, I'm like, honey, they're going to DeVry. <laughs> they're, going to, they're, going to, they're going to ITD Tech, okay? That's like an online diploma. Um, and uh, for Real Housewives, that was the Real Housewives of New York. And I think that scene, if I'm, if I'm not wrong, takes place at the restaurant Le Cirque, maybe, I think. That yeah. could be all we need is New York, and you got it. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> See, look at me going deeper than I need to. I know, again, it's, amazing. Like the, it's amazing. You're the Bronco exec twitching again in their seat. You're like, what is this person needs help? In the movie Getting There, the Olsen twins attempt to drive a convertible to the 2002 Winter Olympics, and despite the film being called Getting There, they do not get to the Olympics. <laughs> And this Housewives cast includes Lisa Barlow, the self-proclaimed queen of Sundance, who's a Mormon and owns a tequila brand. Well, that's Salt Lake City, of course. Mm-hmm. That's iconic. Great first season. I've never seen a first season like that in a long time. <laughs> Probably not since Beverly Hills, quite frankly. <laughs> that, was, that was a franchise that knew what it was. And that has to do with casting. Uh, so, um, okay, how do you, do you know the international versions of it? Of- uh- Housewives? I don't, but I could, I could, I could, I could see maybe. Okay. I mean, honestly, right. I'm surprised by what lives in here, and yeah. like, I'm surprised like what had to die in order for certain things to live. <laughs> True. You know True. I mean? The rest of these are about the international versions. Okay. So we're looking for the country uh, in which both of these were set. Gorgeous. So Got it. In 2000s, our lips are sealed. The Olsen Mm. twins are forced to move to a completely different continent after they testify in court against a man trying to steal the Neil Diamond. And in one of this country's (laughs) Real Housewives series, a woman named Athena X wears an avant-garde cape made of ropes 
And another housewife says it's ugly and throws the cape into Sydney Harbor. That's a big hint there. <laughs> I, that, yeah, yeah, honey. Oh my God. Like, like, think more of me. Okay. I know that I, that's, well, first of all, I knew what it was already because our lips are sealed is I think arguably one of the, the better ones that they mm. produced. Um, but yeah, it's Australia. And um, it was more plotty because, you know, there was the inciting incident. There was the, you know, them going to the witness protection program. Towards the end, it was just them having montages at resorts that I'm sure comped them for like. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I love, I mean, I didn't, I have not seen the uh, Real Housewives of Sydney, uh, but I love that someone's wearing an avant-garde cape made of ropes and then. It, I mean, that's just a great scene that someone throws a, 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 a whatever, a MoMA piece of clothing into the harbor. I love it. I love it. I mean, that person, not... that person showed up for work her that day. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> that, that person knew what they had to do. <laughs> they were like, I got to get some screen time. All <laughs> yeah. right. We got a couple more for you. Okay, so we're looking for the country. This 2001 film begins with a model UN debate about internet censorship. During the international conference that follows, the Olsons get to play polo, see the Globe Theater, and experience a simulated kidnapping. And in a recent episode of The Real Housewives of Cheshire, a cast member said she'd been intimate with a ghost twice, but the ghost dumped her. Okay. Why, first of all, why are people trying to make ghost sex happen? I, I mean, I think Kesha was the one that first put it in the zeitgeist by saying that she also like had a romance with a ghost. Mm-hmm. And I just want to do a moratorium on like ghost relationships. I know. Um, yeah, it's weird. Uh, well, this is England, right? England is correct, or yep. UK? Yes, that's right. Spot on. All right. <laughs> the Olsen twins are in an international summer internship program. They are learning again, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but immediately they get fired because they are so incompetent. While they mope at the Trevi Fountain, the company's owner finds them and rehires them. And this country's Housewives cast includes, quote, the owner of the most important beauty center in Naples. Oh, honey, again. I know. Oh, my God. I know. Italy. Italy. Italy is correct because we named two places in Italy. And you knew what, it was what 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 movie for the Olsons was this? I it doesn't come right to my mind. So, if, very original name, When in Rome. Oh, of course. Who could forget the seminal movie <laughs> when, in when in Rome? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and uh, yeah, you totally won that game. You completely won that game in every way. Talk about a win. You guys are so supportive. You guys are are lifting me up. You're lifting me up. I love it. Thank you so much. The second and final season of Ryan O'Connell's show special is available on Netflix now. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you for having me. This was a delight. That's our show. Ask Me Nether's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to Thou Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by our staff, along with Kara Weinberger and senior writers Camilla Franklin and Eric Feinstein. Ask Me Nether is produced by Gianna Cappadona, Travis Larchuk, Nancy Seichow, James Barber, and Ramel Wood. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal, and our boss's bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. Thanks to our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR.
It's the end of the podcast, but you know, Ask Me Another never sleeps. Follow us at NPR Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And why not give us a review on Apple Podcasts? It helps other people find the show. Thanks. Next time on Ask Me Another, actor Andrew Rannells reflects on the Book of Mormon, and then he plays a game about home design terms. What's a German smear? You'll find out. And from Shrill, actors Lolly Adafope and ER Fightmaster ponder Dolly Parton, Dolly Lama, or both. Plus comedians Liz Mealy and Carmen Lynch. So join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions. <laughs>